Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Blake. Hi, I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Julia, the Dragonborn Eldritch Knight slash Wizard. And Shane. Uh, it's me, playing Alexander, the Human Bard. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the Human Rogue. And Anna. Oh, hi. I'm Anna, and I'll be playing the Paladin of Love. Drow. And what's your name? Anna. Hi. Oh, Sorry. Character. Oh, Vicala El Mator. <laughs> and John. Tell you this. I'm playing a Lunadas, Elven Monk, Cook, and Fine Ass Dancer. <laughs> so, last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you guys found yourselves outside the Fey Gate licking your wounds and uh, taking a rest after a long battle with the High Elves to gain access to the Fey Gate um, while you were taking stock of the scene you saw a drow come out of the woods who told you that she was a paladin of Loth and she was sent there by uh, Kayla who was the demon who you had met inside the Mount Sunder after Bonebreaker's tomb you gathered your things, entered the Fey Gate and were promptly attacked by a water nymph and a water elemental. The water nymph charmed half the party and had you attack the other half. Some of you were able to shake it off. Um, the others who did uh, were no longer charmed after you killed her. Um, you were able to dispatch her pet water elemental and that is where you find yourselves now inside this pond inside the Fagate. So now that you've had a chance to take a breather and take stock of the scene around you, uh, you can see that it is almost dusk here. There is this uh, a little bit of orange but mostly purple light that appears over the horizon as if the sun had just set or had risen. There's enough light here for you to see your surroundings. Um, you're currently near this pond that is, now that you've had a chance to look at it, appears to be about 60 or 70 feet in diameter. You are noticing the body of the water nymph that is slowly sinking beneath the surface of this pond. The, those of you who are in the pond currently, the pond here is probably about uh, four to four and a half feet deep and you can still see the glow of the Fagate underneath the water here. There's this whitish, bluish glow that is appearing near the center of the pool. You take a look at the landscape around you and the uh, 
vegetation here is fairly lush. There is these kind of knee-high grasses all the way around this pond. What you're going to notice about them is they have this like dark forest green tinge with a little bit of like bluish purple notes to them. You see these large trees seemingly surrounding this entire pond. They're not quite like any trees that you've seen before. They kind of look like oak, but a little bit thicker. And the leaves here are diamond shaped on these trees. So you also see these like tall reeds um, that are sticking out of the pond here and uh, around the backside of the, the perimeter of the pond. So that's where you find yourselves. Uh, what do you want to do? Um, unless if people want to camp here, I say we take a uh, short rest, then go somewhere else to take a good long rest. I agree. Um, I do think we should get away from the, uh, the pond, that's for sure. Oh, also we should search her body, the nip. Yeah, can I search the body? Um, yes, give me an investigation check. And an athletics check, because the water's going to be over her head. Oh, that's true. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and see if I can find any um, tracks. Okay, uh, let's do the investigation check first. That was a 14. So you, like, uh, not really swim, but like, you know, bouncing yourself off the bottom of this pond, um, you're able to make it over to the body of this uh, nymph as it's uh, starting to sink and um, you're kind of using it as like a flotation device um, as you grab a hold of her leg. Um, her body is fairly slender and has this bluish purplish uh, tone to it. Um, she appears to be wearing sort of like this uh, um, like uh, lilies and kind of like this uh, pond reed material that's been woven that's covering her bits um, you're going to notice you know slashes and uh, puncture wounds here and this uh, darkish uh, blue blood is uh, beginning to fill up the pool here as she bleeds out you start searching around her body and you're not really seeing anything that would be like a pocket or a pouch or anything like that so you don't know if she doesn't carry anything on her or she just doesn't have anything maybe she has a little hoard at the bottom of the pool i'm gonna bounce my way back to the side of the to the side of the things and, and relay that information of of hey i couldn't find anything i don't know if she just doesn't have pockets or if it's because i was trying to keep my head above water but i couldn't find anything all right, I'm going to take advantage of my ring of breathing and just do a nice thorough search of the nymph and the pool. See if she has a little little nook, a cranny, a, uh, a living room there in the water. I'll, I'll avoid going through the fake gate. Give me an investigation check with disadvantage because it's dark here. Uh, L. Oh, do you have uh, low light vision? Yep. Okay, uh, give me a straight so investigation that'd check. That'd be Either way, it's a three. <laughs> um, yeah, you're finding much the same. So you search their body and you're like, well, she doesn't have anything on her. And um, are you searching the pond as well or just the body? Uh, first the body, then the pond. 
Okay, give me another investigation check. Ten. So you are going to spend maybe like 15 minutes as the rest of the the parties up here on the bank uh, resting, poking around uh, this pond. And it's kind of dark down here, and you're not finding anything. The words of the wise sage ain't fine shit. (laughs) All right. um, So back to Vic. Vic, you said you were searching for tracks. Yeah, if I can see any um, footprints, I guess, anywhere around the pond, like somebody been here or, you know, before us. Okay, uh, give me a, you can give me either a survival check or an investigation check. Okay, Uh, 16. Okay, so as Talia and... Alunados go into the spawn and search around. You decide that you're going to use your time to see if anybody's been here recently. So you make it up onto land and you're looking around this area over here. And you were seeing some fresh, like wet footprints that you think were mostly caused by you guys when you got out of the pond. Um, but as you explore further over here, away from the Um, This area where you came in, you are going to see some tracks, you think anywhere from maybe three to five humanoids, maybe about five to six feet tall, judging by the size of their footprints, had been here maybe within the past couple of days. And as you search out further, you're going to notice to the east that you're going to find those footprints and older tracks that appear to have been through here maybe weeks ago but there's many more of them and you're also seeing some tracks that appear to be heading towards the pond um which direction is that like um, to the east east not like east north Hmm. okay I'm going to go ahead and um, approach uh, Juliet and I'm going to tell her "Hmm, it seems like we have company to the east. Probably not fresh, but it might be good to keep an eye. That's good to know. It'll give us a direction to head to. I imagine these creatures must know something about where things are, so the east seems like as good a place as I need to go once we're finished resting here. But good eye. So are we going to rest here? We're going to... Everyone seems to want to rest here, so I guess we're doing that. Okay, so the area surrounding this pond, over here to the west... Um, There's a tree line that's fairly close, but in this area out here to the east, Vic would have known this after, you know, following these tracks for some distance, um, maybe 50 yards or so. There is an open area, probably about 100 feet to the tree line, to your east and to your north. And you're also going to find a path that is cut into the tree lines and some of the brush here um, that's probably about 15 feet wide but uh, some of it looks like it's it's grown up a bit it's still manageable that you could get the cart through 
but if you are going to camp uh, around this pond would probably be the place to do it. As far as you know, there may be something along this path, but until you explore it. All right. Alunada starts cooking dinner. All right. So um, you set up camp here and after about maybe an hour that you're here, you're putting together your tents and gathering some some of the dried twigs and stuff that had fallen off the trees here for your campfire. Everybody give me a wisdom check. 14. 19. 16. Alright, so everybody except for Alexander and Talia, you know, you're, you're setting up camp here and when you got up and out of the pond you're like oh well you know it's almost dark you know we should probably be doing something soon because we're running out of light but after the hour you're here busy making your camp there's kind of like this thing in the back of your head it's like you know, there's something kind of off and, and you don't put it together until you finish setting up camp and settle down and notice that the sun hasn't gone down hmm. it seems like time moves really here well we're in the Feywild things are bound to be different uh Lunados give me a history check nine um you seem to remember something growing up as a, an, an elf around some other elves of tells that you've heard about the Feywild and time being a little wonky but you don't remember any specifics about it yeah. so I sort of just shrug and indicate you know things are weird I don't know it's weird if you see a little blue box then just stick around and we can ask that guy <laughs> huh the doctor doctor who little blue box I got it right <laughs> All right, so I guess you're making camp for the night, and is there uh, anything that you want to do before taking your long rest? No, I'm good. Train Abbott to notice and point out temporal anomalies. Um, is that something I can do? (laughs) Dogs can sense earthquakes, why not temporal anomalies? Oh, by the way, Hannah, have you put together a sheet for Abbott yet? Uh, I saw the one that you gave me. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that later. Okay. But I saw that I have one. <laughs> That's what's important, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, I will. I would like to train Abbott uh, heal. Okay. Give me a animal handling check. Ten. Um, he thinks that you're trying to get him to stay, but he's kind of like confused because you're not saying stay. Outstanding. And he's uh, um, kind of distracted by uh, the kind of the, the strange noises that he's hearing here um, that he's not used to. It sounds like there's a, a lot of like uh, insects in the woods here. They sound kind of like large cicadas and the sounds pretty much everywhere it's it's not deafening but uh you would think if somebody tried to sneak up on you it probably wouldn't be too hard because of all the racket that these insects are making 
Awesome. Well, uh, I, that'll be it for me for the evening, I suppose. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pray to Loch for a bit. Um, try and keep watch, keep alert if I see something out of the ordinary, I guess. Okay, what do, you, what do you say to Loch? Well, I'm gonna actually daddy, try and pray <laughs> for uh, guidance in the Feywild. Okay. Specifically, I want to pray perhaps for a vision. Okay. Give me a religion check. Okay. 19. Okay. So you settle down and you take your your great sword and put it across your lap as you're sitting here on the ground and you start praying to Loth under your breath and after a while you're probably doing this for a good 20 minutes and nothing seems to come and then towards the end you're going to feel kind of this this cold chill run over you and then you're going to feel your senses be heightened and the the sounds of the insects here kind of get louder and then become somewhat more muted and the sounds around the the camp here are going to get louder where before you really didn't notice things you hear the fire pop you hear a lunados um, scraping a spoon against the bottom of this boiling pot of vegetables he's cooking over the fire you're hearing Juliet write in a book and you can hear the the quill scratch on uh, the parchment she's writing on she seems to be copying something and you can hear the sounds of Nifron sharpening his rapier and you're going to get advantage on perception checks for the next day okay um, I'm gonna go ahead um, and call today for me. Juliet, uh, do you want to do anything? Do you want to copy spells? Uh, well, since we're leveling up, Juliet is going to finish her studies of two particular spells that she's been working on for a while, and with some scribbling that she's already doing, um, just kind of have a eureka moment and uh, make sure those spells are scribed in her book now. Okay. And uh, what did you take? Uh, I took Counterspell and Thunderstep. Nice. All right. Um, Does Counterspell work? I see a spell. I can take a reaction and counter it instantly. There are. Is it like minutes. an opposed check? Or? If, if it's, it's the third same. level or lower, there's nothing that. It just. Mm. That's it. Yeah, Kevin's right. If it's the same level or lower, it just it's gone. That's it. Otherwise, I have to make a check. Which is DC 10 plus the spell's level. So if somebody cast like a ninth level spell at you, you would have to get a 19 or better on your check. Gotcha. And do you add like a modifier to that? Like a yeah, I add my intelligence modifier, but not your um, the nothing else. The thing no. that it's goes up with level DC 10 plus spell level. So if I want to counter a ninth level spell, I have a plus three. I need to roll a 16 or more. Hopefully we won't run into any level 9 spells, so... Not yet. No, so long as we stay away from the companions. Probably. I don't think they're 9th level spellcasters, but, uh... Okay. 
You don't know that. You don't know that. They are what you call legendary characters. Yeah, I'm just guessing because they don't own like kingdoms or fiefdoms. So, I mean, it's possible that they're level 18 and up, but it, it just seems unlikely to me. Wait, at level 18, I can own a fiefdom? <laughs> at level 18, you can battle like fucking. You can throw Tiamat over your back and just haul her away. Like at, at that point, if you you don't own a fiefdom or something, you probably you're either a monk who has no need for such pitiful items and physical objects, or you've done something terribly, terribly wrong, like defend your farm for three thousand years. If if Talia lives long enough to make it to level 18, she's gonna figure out how to steal a fiefdom. I mean, hell, by the time you're level 15, you're basically a walking economy. We're already yeah. a walking economy. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of already a walking economy. All right. I just built a temple on a whim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, you settle down here for the night, and, um, you know, you eat your dinner, and you're noticing the sun still has not set here. So, you settle down for the night. Are you keeping watches? Yes. Always. I'll take first watch. I'll uh, take the longest watch. Sounds like a John Grisham book. like here. (laughs) More like Tom Clancy, but yeah. Yeah, Tom Clancy. (laughs) Alunidas, you're taking first. Who's taking second? Um, Juliet will take second. I guess it'll be me. Alright, okay. All right, Juliet, you're taking third. Uh, yeah, I'll take third. Um, so that's probably enough to cover all the watches, unless you want to throw another watch in so people can get more sleep. I'll take a watch. Okay. So... Don't we not even need these? If it's an eight-hour rest, and we have two elves who only need to sleep with four hours each. Meditate, but yeah. All right. I don't care what, what you call your laziness. <laughs> All right, so who was taking first watch again? Luna. Okay. Give me a perception check. Up, oh, beat me to Ten. It. All right, so halfway through your first watch, you are going to hear a section of the cicadas to your northeast kind of go quiet for maybe a minute and then they get louder again I am going to say nothing but pay special attention to the northeast I'm not going to go anywhere, not going to wake anyone up I'm going to keep watch more alright, still so you make it through your watch and nothing happens and Talia or uh I guess Vix the next one up. I'll let her know that there was something to the northeast. Don't know what. I didn't investigate. All right. And I sit down and meditate. The rest of the watches are uneventful, and everybody gets their sleep in, but um, the sun still has not set here. Is there a sun, or is it just the appearance of a lightness? It's actually like a uh, sodium fluorescent street lamp. Like in the distance, you're kind of you're in the Truman Show. Is this currently. a lower class Narnia that we're in? Is that what we're looking at? 
All right, so um, everybody is awake at this point, and I guess you're preparing breakfast, getting your horses ready. Is there anything you... What, what do you want to do now? Uh, we have a dog here, right? Yep. An adorable, very highly trained dog. You can do anything very highly you want. Trained. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and um, go to Alunadas and ask him, Hmm, why don't we cook the dog? One, that's meat, and meat is murder. Two, that's Abbott. God, you, 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 if you want meat, you're going to have to go catch it and cook it yourself, and not Abbott. God, you're awful. It's Abbott. It's walking me. He's cute and he's friendly and he'll he'll be useful probably eventually. He's a burden on us. Suits so yourself, but if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat him, okay? Talia would probably kill you if you did that, and for a dog might help. Yes. I'll Did I mention buy he's adorable? Steak later. No, you're not making any friends with that attitude. Does she have any special attachment to the literal dog me? Probably. Pro- probably. Hmm. Intriguing. Thank you. Sounds like somebody needs to get Vic some meat. <laughs> Um, now that we are fully rested, are we using our level 6 stats or level 7 stats? What are we doing there, Kevin? Level 7. Okay. Cue the uh, Zelda quest music. Da, 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 da. Uh, did, uh, Link did just curious. Did, uh, did Nifron sleep in the pond? Or... He was doing unholy things to the nymph's corpse. No, I mean, he slept on the ground with everybody else. Just curious. He did pull the uh, corpse of the nymph out of the water and put it on a bank, though, and studied it for a bit, but just looked like it was more out of curiosity than anything else. Can I try searching it again now that it's on land? Um, sure. It's probably nothing, but you never know. 14. Um, so you do another search and much the same as before. It doesn't look like the nymph has anything on her except for this um, garment that she's wearing that's kind of like a like a one-piece bathing suit, but it's made out of um, reeds and vegetation from this pond. Cool. I'm going to cut off her head. <laughs> what? <laughs> That really escalated. <laughs> All right. Uh, Talia's, Talia's starting a collection. I guess give me a survival check. Have you been I keeping mean, track of these in your anymore. inventory? How many uh, heads you have? Uh, four. I don't successfully cut off her head. I have not. I'll have to go back through and listen to the episodes and <laughs> see exactly which heads I have and in- install uh. them in my inventory. You cut the head off, but it's a real sloppy, hacky job that's uh, not very clean. 
But uh, yeah, you can add one nymph head to your inventory. Sweet. Um, do I see her do this? She's not hiding it. She's proud of it. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and approach Talia and be like... You gonna eat that? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and approach Talia and tell her... If you need help cutting heads, you can go ahead and use my sword for that. It's really good for cutting heads. Talia's gonna perk up and, and smile and say, Oh, thank you. I'll let you know next time. I'm starting a collection. Oh, I used to have a collection of skulls when I was younger, you know? <laughs> oh, the heretics. Bonding over decapitation. <laughs> She's a charming young lass. Maybe you should uh, can trade some like Martha Stewart tips about boiling skulls. Add one cup of salt to a cauldron of boiling water, along with two cups of vinegar, to render the flesh and fat, and clean the bones. It's a good thing. I mean, I personally like to marinate mine, and then eat the eyes and let the lares discompose, and then I have a clean skull. How does Talia feel about that? Is she like, like, interested or horrified? <laughs> Mildly horrified, but she's she's gonna say, uh, I, I mean, if you want the meat off this one, it's it's all yours. I I just like the skulls. Oh, then maybe we should um have a Lunadas cook something for us tonight. He gets real upset when you put it heads in his pots for cooking. She's just it's, gonna uh, frown. Isn't it just fish, technically? I mean... Yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> like any meat cooked in his cooking pots or something. I don't know. I, I, Uncle Luno is a little strange, but, you know, you do what you can. <laughs> I love that she's standing there holding a dripping skull, talking about eating the meat off of it, calling me strange. <laughs> <laughs> he has weird eating habits. Well, elves. At this yeah. rate, you're never going to get your pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are we heading? We should Guys. follow the footsteps, I guess. Yeah, well, we could ask our thingy. All right, today you said it is. Yeah, let's well, ask the yeah, let's ask the the not magic eight ball. Magic eight ball? Yeah, no, no, it's a little... not a magic eight ball. <laughs> we have an oracle that can answer ball? one question per day. Oh, okay. For a second, I thought it was something ridiculous. But no, <laughs> it's a talking orb. Okay. So, how do we want to ask this oracle? Because there aren't. It, it, there's no sun. So we can't really do east and west here, even though Kevin said something about the northeast earlier. I didn't say that there's no east, north, west, or south. I said you you haven't done a check on that to see what you know about this. You just asked the question, and I said, well, you don't really know at this point. 
Uh, would you like to give me a history check? Yeah, let's try and figure that out. 11 for me. As most that you would know about the cardinal directions of the Feywild, um, you would know... Yeah, and Shane got a 6. <laughs> um, you would know that the Feywild is basically like a mirror of the Prime Material, that a lot of it works in the same ways as the material plane, but it's kind of a mirror of it. So whereas there may be landmarks in the material, there may be a mirror of that landmark somewhere in the fade that may not be exactly the same as that landmark in the prime. But you would think if that's the case, then the cardinal directions would be much the same here in the Feywild, but it's harder to tell just because the fact that you don't have the sun to rely on as a marker for east and west. That you know of, because you haven't seen the sunrise or set yet. You kind of just see this, this glow on the horizon, and it may be setting or it may be rising. Um, which direction is the wind blowing? Which direction is the wind blowing? Yep. It would currently be, as your token is facing right now, it would be blowing in your face. So it's coming from the east, I assume. Uh, maybe, but you don't really know if it's the the east or the west here. Can I use a uh, define sense? See if I can feel something evil? Um, good? Sure. Now what you would know is the the sun as you would think it would be the glow is coming from this direction over here which would be the right of the map. So the wind would be coming from this direction. Oh, okay. Okay, I get it. Um, it honestly feels to me like it's like a huge crystallite or something coming from the east, like a settlement. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't really know about how the Feywild works, so I'm gonna go ahead and let Alorandas choose on this one. He's an elf. <laughs> so really, the, the, the direction that you have to work from is the direction from where the uh, the light is coming on the horizon, which for, let's say, all intents and purposes would be the east, as far as the map's concerned. Alright, so, if you give me a pipe and a little bit of metal and a string, then I can construct a rudimentary astrolabe. <laughs> okay, MacGyver. Roll Didn't for astrolabe. <laughs> Alright. I have no real idea. Let's just go ahead and assume that the sunlight is east for now. Um, okay. But let's work out a way to... Can, maybe there's a way we can ask the, the our little oracle for directions that won't rely on a frame of reference that we don't necessarily know, like north, south, east, west. Like, well, we know a frame of reference is forward and backwards and the way I am facing, so why don't we just use that? Good call. 
So, um... And you're currently facing to the west, correct, Juliet? For, as far as this map's concerned? Uh, yes. Uh, we could face towards where the trail goes and then ask the, um, the totem thing if, uh, if we walk forward facing the tracks, if we would, uh, find the, the boots of what's-her-name. Or we could draw a sort of compass thing on the ground, put the oracle in there, and ask it what direction to go. Mm, I like this plan better. Maybe we could program a series of nested commands in basic. Put that into the oracle. I think it does only simple questions. But uh, that's why I think basic. Are we sure this orb is not um, manipulated by someone? Hasn't steered us wrong so far. That is a good question, though. I mean, we don't know anything about this. I mean, let's ask the oracle. What a good villain would do. <laughs> That's ask the oracle. Ask the oracle. Are you full of, of shit? <laughs> Try again later. <laughs> Who authorized you as an oracle? Do you have like proof? He went to uh, oracle correspondence school. Ah, oh, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> Defy school of oracular. Something. <laughs> to rise school of uh, divination. All right, what are you doing? People are saying they want to use the oracle. You guys have to go and use the oracle if you want to use the oracle. Okay, I'm going to draw a little rosette on the ground, you know, north, south, east, and west, relative to the map, and ask, put the oracle in the middle, and say, you know, relative to this, these directions, which way are the boots of Sylvanas? What's her name? Damn it, you're gonna make me look it up. Oh my god. Sylvanas? Sylvanas Windrunner. Wow. Boots of Feydale. That's. Uh, the boots of Elysian Silverbow. Those boots. Alright, so you place it on the ground and you make these cardinal directions like north, south, east, west, northwest, northeast, blah, blah, blah even though that you don't know if those are the directions or not. So what is the question you're asking the Oracle? Relative to the markings around you, in which direction are the boots of Fadel? So the purplish grayish clouds appear over the surface of this black orb, again, that's being held aloft by this silver elven woman, and the words northeast appear. So it could. So it looks like the boots are that way, or possibly the exact opposite direction. I shouldn't gesture for a podcast, especially not when it makes me take my finger off my button. <laughs> <laughs> or it could mean our certain doom, because someone is manipulating an object. Somebody's got trust issues. Of course <laughs> they do. Drow paladin of Lulth. What do you expect? She wasn't held enough by the the priestess cult when she was a child. Or she was held too much by the giant spider in charge of the cult. (laughs) So are we going to go around um, what this orb said? Unless you have a better idea. Uh, Oh, well. If it makes you feel better, then the first time we encounter someone, we can torture them and ask them for information. That does make me feel better. Hmm. Maybe I could teach Talia how to cut a head better. Sounds like a plan. Let's go. 
That would be fun. I know, right? All right, so you pack up the Oracle and grab your horses, and the northeast direction that the words in the Oracle uh, told you to go kind of align with the tracks that Vic saw earlier leading along this path. So are you headed that direction? Yes. I guess so. Okay, so you follow these foot, uh, these tracks uh, down this path. About 100 yards, you're going to enter the tree line here, but there is this opening in the tree line where this crude path's been cut through that's about 15 feet wide, but you're able to get your horses and the cart through without any issue. And you are going to travel for probably about an hour here. Um, you've noticed that the it's the same kinds of trees here, but you're going to notice these uh, vines hanging from them that are purplish in color. You're also going to see some brightly colored purple flowers along the ground here. Uh, everybody give me a perception check. Nine. My plus six in perception has not 14. been working out. Aw, two. Sweaty. Nine. Alexander, as you are traveling down this path and you're basically just uh, walking the horses at this point through here, you're going to notice some movement out of the corner of your eye. And you are going to concentrate on the spot where you saw that movement and you're going to notice it again. And it appears that some of the vines here are moving. Hey guys, um, it, are moving vines a normal thing in the Feywild? Can I roll a history check to see if I would know that? Yeah. Eight. Um, you've heard some stories about some weird stuff in the Feywild uh, about the plants here, but nothing specific to these vines. They don't appear to be moving that much. I mean, maybe like an inch. And if there was wind here, you would think that maybe the wind was picking it up and blowing it. But they're just like some of them are slowly like swaying back and forth, but maybe only an inch or two. And they, it appears that it's only on like this certain kind of vine that you're seeing that are coming from these trees. Um, they're kind of um, almost like a, a burgundy in color with these orange veins running through them. Hey, Lunas, is this a. Uh... Does this spark anything in, in your eyes? Your special elf eyes? Uh, racist? <laughs> what do you yeah. see with your elf eyes? <laughs> your special elf eyes. Oh. Uh, if I have any insight from a nature check. <laughs> um, uh -huh. you had heard some stories about plants here in the Feywild, and you've heard that some of them are carnivorous and although you don't remember anything specifically about like these vines that you've heard that there are some plants that will tangle up like small animals and birds uh, and eat them some plants are thoroughly evil and eat meat I feel like they're evil for other reasons but uh, uh, that's good enough for me I am not going towards those plants. 
Are they like hanging over the path or anything? Are we gonna have to make special efforts to avoid them, Kevin? Uh, it seems like they're mostly in the tree lines. Um, you're not seeing anything currently in the path, but you think it'd probably be a good idea to keep an eye out for them. Oh, so, yeah, just be careful with the vines. Are you continuing on? Yes, yep. let us carry on, my wayward sons. All right, so after about another 10 or 15 minutes, you are going to reach this opening in the path here that opens up into this area that's probably about 50 feet roughly in diameter and here you are going to see a stone marker that's up against the the back of this tree line here in front of you and it appears that the path has forked there is a path that kind of leads to the east kind of southeast and then there's another path that hangs to the north as you get closer to it you are going to see that there's some riding on this stone marker that's back up against this tree line between the two paths um direct language what languages do you speak um elvish undercommon common you kind of notice some sorts of markings on this that kind of look similar to Elven, but you don't think that this is like the, the Elven that you commonly know. Oh, so it's even an inferior version of Elven. Okay. <laughs> I would like to use my level one spell, Comprehend Language. Okay. So uh, you cast the spell and you see these letters in your mind and you make an association with uh, what they mean and the marker that's kind of pointing to the southeast here says Astrazalian, the city of starlight and then the other marker that appears to the left you're not really getting a read on it as it seems to be really weathered um, but you're making out some of the letters here and all you get from it is gap GAP oh, like this door yeah yeah so it seems there's a city of starlight that way and then I will uh, metaphorically point in the way of the uh, of where the big thing says but since you're not literally pointing, we don't know which way you're talking about. Yeah, but I don't have real fingers in the game. <laughs> it would be to the path to the southeast. And then uh, this one's too weather to really make out. It just says gap. And which way did the other, the not city way go? Uh, towards the northeast. Okay. So, do we want to go in the mysterious direction toward the gap and continue going toward the boots? Or do we go toward the city where there's probably people we can talk to, ask questions about stuff? Probably the way that says gap so we don't run into any unwanted uh, people. Such as people that have heard of our escapades on the other side of the Feywilds. Hmm as much as I'd like a decent bed I think it might be smarter 
to avoid elves. I mean, it's always smart to avoid elves, but, you know, yeah. tactically. Authoritarian, hierarchical jerks they are. Exactly. So, Juliet, Talia, Northeast? Yes, Northeast, let's go. Sure. Cool, cool, cool. All right. shopping for you, Juliet. Sorry. As you're uh, making this decision and, and moving towards that, everybody give me a perception check. And uh, you can make this Vic with advantage. Mm-hmm. Finally, 21. 14. 12. 10. 10. Why do you get advantage, Anna? Because I have a dope goddess. Yeah, no, but okay. So why does Talia? <laughs> I don't. I get a six. I looked at the dice, not the thing. All right. So uh, Ludidas and Alexander, you would see that the no, it's not Alexander. Oh, he got a ten. Never mind. So it'd be okay. I see how it is. Yeah, uh, yeah Ludidas, you suck. you're human. <laughs> uh, you would notice that the trail of tracks that you've been noticing as you walk along this path appear to be going towards this uh, northeast direction towards the gap as well. So this, these tracks we've been following, they go northeast too. So if those are elves going to the boots, then maybe that is what we're looking at. Alright, so you're continuing on? Alright, so you're going to travel for about another 30 minutes or so and the path here seems to have narrowed a bit. It's probably about 10 feet wide. You're still still able to get the carts through here, um, but you are kind of feeling these trees and brushes like pressing in against you. Um, you've seen some more of those same vines that now that you know what to look for, um, they kind of stick out and you see them sway from time to time. So after about this uh, 30 minutes or so, Everybody give me another perception check. 16. Hey, 20. 24. 17. All right. Everybody who got over a 15, which it looks like. So everyone. <laughs> yeah, everybody. You are going to notice like this flash of movement um, to the right of this trail. And then you're going to uh, hear like some like leaves rustle. Hmm. Should I go check what that is? Might be a good idea, yeah. Alright. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, carefully approach and see if I find something hostile. Okay, are you dismount- uh, are you on your ward? Uh, yes. Okay, uh, are you dismounting? Uh, no. I'll go with the ward. Okay, um... I so actually have a um, uh, smell and here, if you see something too, on the way. Okay, so the, the trees here are kind of dense, and you get probably about 10 feet in, and it starts getting hard to, to move through these trees uh, on top of this ward because of the, uh, the branches, how like low-hanging they are. And on top of this warg, uh, you're going to have to, like, bend down to avoid them. And you're moving pretty slowly through here. And uh, you're making a lot of noise. Uh, give me another... I'm going to 
Go ahead. I was gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna get off my work and tell it um, that when I give you the signal, you go ahead and run back to the party. And then I'm gonna go ahead, get off the work, and see if I can use define sense to see if I feel something and approach carefully forward. Okay, um, what can you sense with your divine sense? I. That's what she's can. asking you. Oh, no, she. Like, uh, he, yeah. Celestial, fiend, or undead? Celestial, fiend, or undead? Yes. So you cast the spell and you. It's a feature. Or your. Yeah, okay. So you reach out to try to feel if there's anything in the area around you and you don't sense anything that's celestial fiend or undead. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna push forward with my work slowly. Okay. So you make it about another 10 feet in or so where you thought you saw this flash and of movement. Give me another perception check with advantage 14 okay so you scan through the trees here and, and it's pretty thick and the the light's pretty low but with your drow vision you're able to pick out a lot of details here and as you scan through you're basically just seeing trees but there's this one tree that's probably about maybe four feet in diameter um, that something st seems strange about it but you can't really tell what and it's kind of where you thought you saw the movement um, I'm gonna go ahead and stab my sword gently into that tree slowly <laughs> you're stabbing something gently <laughs> okay give like me poking it with the tip Okay, um, are you attacking it or just, like, probing no, it? No, just poking it with tip of the sword. Okay, so you get closer to it, and you take the tip of the sword, and you, like, kind of poke it, and then you see this movement and, like, this, like, giggle, like, <laughs> and then you see that movement again, and you see this tall like creature that appears to be made out of like vines and branches and bark um, take off running from the tree and I think that's probably a pretty good place to end the episode right there thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast if I could ask a halfling size favor give us a 5 star rating and review on iTunes it's the best way to support us New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Howdy, folks. I'm Gerg of Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, and I'd like to take a minute to address some of the slander about my business. We have some of the finest slow-cooked barbecue in the Plains Nation, and yes, 
We offer all hours crematorium services, but never the twain shall meet. Rest assured that your delicious combo platter of pulled pork and mutton never touched the remains of someone's loved one. Death comes for us all, and at all hours, and we answer the call. But that doesn't mean you could be eating a person. You have my word, we keep it separate. So if you have a hunger in your belly, or sadness in your soul for the loss of a loved one, we can help. Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, we're always open. The music you heard on this episode was The Forest and the Trees, Rights, Metaphysics, Lost Time, and Serpentine Trek by Kevin McLeod in Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.